Hey everybody, welcome to Latter-day Disillusionment. I'm your host, Johnny Eckloff, and today we have a special guest. She is ex-Scientologist, and she has been very vocal about leaving and and just has such a great perspective on things. It's a pleasure and honor to have her on the show. Let's get into this. Hello. Hey, April. Hi. <laughs> Here you are. I made it. You made it. I feel so technologically advanced. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, it's great. I love technology advancing because it makes me feel like I actually know what I'm doing, but I really don't. Smarter than me when it comes to podcasts. Well, thanks to the Anchor app, this thing is amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway. But, uh, well, thanks so much for coming on to Latter-day Disillusionment. Um, for all of you listening, this is April Snowcast. Did I pronounce everything correctly, April? You got it. I'm right okay. on. And, and uh, she's coming to you from Los Angeles. That's correct. And I'm coming to you from Sweden. What time is it in Sweden right now? Uh, it's 9 o'clock p.m., I think. Okay, so it's not terrible. Like your kids are probably actually hanging in bed for once and you have like a little quiet moment. Yeah, no, this is the actual perfect time to do podcasting for me because, yeah, the kids just finally went down and the sun. It's noon here. I love it. Okay, okay, noon. Yeah, this is good then. Um, The sun (laughs) is not even down yet, like nearly, like I think we have another two hours of good. So bizarre. You, yeah, it's there, not like good, good light for two hours, but like it literally does not. Oh, I'm just so excited for like the summer to continue to get lighter and because we have having to put, a like, lot of daylight. Lot but it reminds me <clears throat> when I was a kid, there was this um, poem. I cannot remember who wrote it, but it said in summer I get up at night and no, in winter I get up at night and dress by yellow candlelight. In summer, quite the other way. I have to go to bed by day. I have to go to bed <laughs> and see the birds still hopping in the tree and hear the something people's feet still scurrying by me in the street. It was this whole thing about how sad this kid was to have to go to bed when it was still light out. And now I'm thinking of your children like, <laughs> <laughs> going to bed while they could be oh, outside. It is, it is so cool. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm half Swedish, and so my dad's. 100% Swede, born in Utah, uh, but to Swedish immigrant parents, and mm-hmm. they spoke Swedish in the home, and um, this is really just the one of the biggest dreams of mine to yeah. live well, here, work here, expose Sweden my children. Sweden seems to do things pretty, you know, they seem to do things right by their people, that's for sure. Social program wise and just, you know, I feel like it's a pretty decent country to, to hang your hat at for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, yeah, I, it's, uh, each month that goes by, we, we couldn't agree with you more. So we're just hoping for good stuff. And I figure this is one of the only ways that me and Lindsay will ever be able to put all four kids through college. So, yeah. How are they adapting? You know, they're. They're... They have each other, which is nice. It's not like it's one kid yeah. moving to Sweden by himself or something. That would probably be a little tougher. Yeah, yeah. They that's that's a really good way to look at it. They do have each other, which I think is 
really good for the long run because, you know, growing up, it is so nice to have good relationships with my brothers. Um, yeah. And I just think, you know, like, this is, uh, this, who knows, you know, I mean, we can never, we can never fully tell, but we sure can guess, you know, and make good guesses. So, yeah. Yeah. It's coming along, I think. And, uh, with the summer, the Swedish summer coming, it's, it's like, whoa, like this place is beautiful, really coming alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, you know, I have that place out in the desert and right now it's just, everything is blooming and there are birds. Oh. Like every day I wake up and I'm, I'm back and forth. So I'm actually in LA right now, not in the desert, but so okay. work, um, husband's in the desert. I'm here. We live in different worlds. <laughs> Um, I'm lonely he's probably stoked that he has a little space um (laughs) no I think there's there's probably oh where's he I think there's probably a little bit of both on both ends like we're probably both a little lonely and both a little like cool to have have our space um but anyway uh yeah he's there I'm here but when I'm there you know there's a big difference in being back in LA and even though it's only a two-hour drive it's like the, the solitude and the quiet there. I don't hear a helicopter. I don't hear the trash yeah. truck even barely. Like, you know, like here, I feel like mm. it's, it seems like it's every damn morning. I hear this freaking truck just burp, burp, burp. I'm like, why is it here again? Where, <laughs> and the neighbors exactly? are loud and, you know. Yeah, I'm Northeast exactly LA, in... so I'm bordering Northeast. like um, South Glendale and then Glassell Park and Eagle Rock, basically. Eagle Rock on one side, Glassell on the other, and I'm like a couple blocks outside of each of those um, little neighborhoods in South Glendale in an area called Somerset. Oh, yeah. You are in like a very, it's dense, very bustly, hustly, bustly. It's a dense area. neighborhood. There's just like a lot of like condo buildings and apartment buildings and cars and people. And I have tons of neighbors and it's super duper loud. This one lady like nearby, I hear her yelling at her kids all the time. <laughs> Not like yelling, like screaming or like hitting them, just like just getting annoyed or like, hey, you know, you're supposed to do the thing. And I hear her all the time (laughs) i'm just like oh Oh, my god close your door um so things like that we're in the desert we're so far apart from our neighbors that even though we have them we wouldn't hear ever a conversation (laughs) you know they'd have to come (laughs) they'd have to walk quite a ways to say something we could hear so um and just and just the the you know like being out in the in nature there i mean like bunny rabbits in my yard and an owl and these morning doves and all of the birds and the lizards and the bunnies and the gophers and the we're not gophers um ground squirrels and all these little creatures there's so many little creatures mm. yeah man yeah you just i think i think human beings need i i think that's more of a need than it is uh like a luxury i think I I would uh, agree with you. I don't know. Well, I think it's hard, like, in, um, you know, you were raised, uh, or you were born in Utah and lived there, right? For how long? So I was born in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Oh. And, no, it's cool. No worries. I usually just say meh. But, uh, so, but yeah, Jackson is my first uh, six years or whatever. Jackson Hole has to be. Lots of nature. Yeah, really, really rural. Tons of nature. And, um. (laughs) You know, I was born in the Bronx, New York, and then moved to Los Angeles, California. So, like, my 
experience growing up was not nature except for like you know the Bronx Zoo and like maybe the river you know just a lot of dense population a lot of people and then when you know moving to California and living in Hollywood it was just like we were surrounded by people not surrounded by nature at all we go hiking my dad was super into hiking I mean he died on a trail he he was hiking when he died um, no way. Yeah, for for real. Wow. And that was, wow. and he's always since I was young, you know, young, loved to be out and you know hike and mm. and walk and be in this sort of you know backwoods of the Angeles uh, Angeles um, Crest, Angels Crest, mm. all the places that were near us. Um, so we mm. did do that stuff, and we went camping. My mom was like a scout leader, you know, all that fun stuff. But we didn't, um, you know. I didn't ever experience this kind of like waking up to just like, you know, sunlight streaming in and birds and bunnies and, um, you know, being so close. Like I'm a mile off of the Black Rock um, campgrounds, which is part of Joshua Tree National Park. And it's there are just tons of hikes and so much nature. And right now everything's in bloom. Everything's in bloom. And the other day, like in March, we went for a hike and it was started snowing in the hike. It was just the most beautiful, (laughs) you know, and that's like a mile away from our back door, you know, our front door. It's like basically in our back backyard almost. Um, So that stuff is just, I wish I could stay there more full time. It's so peaceful and beautiful. Mm. That's so awesome. And, and so, geez, I wish we could just talk about that. Which I think, <laughs> we can't. I'm like, just now a now phone call. Let's just talk about the other niceties of life. <laughs> you know, like this is so nice. You know, life is so and, multifaceted. And us, you know, you have you have the positives is, and the negatives, the pros and the cons. It's all necessary. Yeah, it's it really is. True. Without and, pain, and we wouldn't know joy. Yeah, but we want to mitigate that, <laughs> I think. And I think what we're going to talk about today is right down that uh, alley of figuring out how much is enough mm-hmm. and how much is too much um, and as, as far as negativity goes, as far as downright abuse. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so... But before, yeah, just to just to bring the listeners up to speed, um, April is a uh, former Scientologist uh, or ex. I don't know how you like to refer. It doesn't to it, matter. But... They're about the same thing. Okay, and you and you just correct me if I'm wrong. You have been publicly vocal. Well, I don't know. Um, okay, yeah, you've been publicly vocal. You've been you've you've appeared on Leah Ramini's. Um, show once or twice right? once on you... her uh finale <clears throat> i was just um with uh, amongst a group of, of former scientologists that were there um and yeah um i didn't actually realize that i would be broadcast on the show i thought i was just gonna be a member of the audience but um they did broadcast uh some of what i shared when i was there so Okay. And I did watch some clips from what you said on that. And I was like, I I felt like you were trying to reach out and shake her and be like, listen, (laughs) we need your show to do something more than just create views for you. We need. Yeah. I don't think that was change here. I mean, I wasn't necessarily, I'm grateful for all, all she's done. Um, 
you know, I, whatever the views are or not, if she benefits, I don't even care. Like I have such gratitude for the fact that people who were afraid to speak or couldn't, or had no outlet to do that in any sort of broad way, were able to get their voices heard and their stories out there and somebody who listened and, and acknowledged that, wow, that's an awful thing that happened or the trauma that they endured was real. Um, so very, I mean, super mm-hmm. gratitude over that. I think what I was like, probably at the moment, and you know, I, I spoke a number of times there and brought up a few, but I am just personally, when it comes to Scientology, one of my biggest focuses and the and the thing that bothers me the most about the organization, aside from the fact that they shun, you know, people who leave and tear families up, and there's a lot of you know negativity in that regard, but I think most people recognize that. Um, is the fact that the Church of Scientology is um, adamantly against the field of psychiatry and psychology. Um, They have, Mm. in fact, in Los Angeles, a museum called Psychiatry Industry of Death. It's called the Industry of Death Museum. Um, L. Ron Hubbard very much was against... um, the field of mental health and believed that Scientology and Dianetics could handle mental health problems and that this was like a better route. And he thought that, I mean, honestly, in almost like a very uh, sinister, um, like, you know, he wrote Pulp Fiction. Like it seems like a science fiction type of deal where he felt like the psychiatrists were literally out to like drug the world and like ruin the world, ruin the earth. Um, Mm. and so I was brought up with, a uh, a very, um, specific view when it came to mental health and. Yeah. Oh, April. I don't know if. You there, Johnny? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. I, I got a phone call midstream oh. and it totally, and I'm, I don't know. I'm going to try to, um, what do you call it? Sleep my phone. Hopefully that works. Yeah. Um, I think if you go in. I put do... the little moon thing on just now, yeah. whatever that means. Yep. I think the, <laughs> I think the moon will do it. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> so anyway. Jumping back in, and I'm sorry if I totally ruined your little nope. recording here. No, 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 no. I'm glad. I'm just so glad it wasn't me, and we're good. <laughs> so we're good. I feel but awful. Just no, you don't feel awful at all. You're our guest. It's totally fine. It, I'm so thrilled to have you. Don't even worry okay. about it. Um, <laughs> well, jumping. So you... <laughs> yeah. So I think I was saying that I, I grew up with a very um, – specific view when it comes to um, the field of mental health, psychiatry, psychology, and all of, um, and everything that comes along with it in that I felt that those were options that I shouldn't take. I felt that those were options that were evil and hurtful and harmful and out to hurt people. And, and I'm a pretty mentally stable individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really cause me too much harm to have those thoughts. Um, and it didn't, I'm so sorry. I had like a frog in my throat. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. 
<laughs> we get a sip of water. Um, so I think that it didn't cause me personally all that much harm. Mm. But that said, a number of people that I grew up with, um, unfortunately, um, took their own lives. And um, some of them very beautiful people that I was very close with and most of them very young, you know, under the age of 40 or even some under the age of 20. Um, and, um, and there I've also experienced in my family, uh, you know, on my mother's side there, there runs, um, schizophrenia genetically. And, um, I believe my younger brother is, should be diagnosed with schizophrenia um, and he's not diagnosed because he's also in of the mindset that, that, that industry that might be able to help him, those people that might be able to help him are horrible, evil people that are out to hurt him. And so he's not looking to them for help or diagnosis or medication or, you know, even just therapy for what he's going through. And it's painful to watch as his sister and, um, it just gets me really, you know, both sad and angry. And I, and that's what I think I was trying to sort of communicate on the show is that there are so, there are so many people who've taken their lives or are, are suffering unnecessarily. Um, and that is an, that's abusive. Um, and it's something that we're not looking at, you know, I, I shouldn't know, over 10 people who committed suicide. I, no one should know over 10 people that committed suicide. You know, it's not a normal, like that's not normal. Um, Mm. and, but it is a common occurrence with Scientology youth. And I think that's because depression's not treated and, and there's, it's a kind of a two, it's kind of a, two part. (laughs) It's that depression is not treated. It's not diagnosed. We don't acknowledge it as real or any mental health issue. So, you know, maybe you're bipolar, maybe you're schizophrenic, um, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever's going on, it's undiagnosed, um, and not treated and never medicated. Medication is the like antichrist, you know, psychiatry is the antichrist. (laughs) Um, so that part is, is very, it can, can be very harmful. Like I said, in my life for me, I'm okay. I'm not dealing with those issues. Um, but I've seen it happen to other people and it's just totally upsetting and awful and, um, heartbreaking. Um, and so the other side of the, you know, the other piece, I think of the puzzle that it contributes to the suicides anyhow, is the belief that we come back after we die and, um, the, the belief that we're not our body, we're just this spirit that they call a Thetan, which is the word, you know, that Scientology uses essentially for the spirit. Um, and so, like, mm. you're just going to pick up another body. And um, and I remember having a suicidal moment um, when I was in the Scientology C organization, which is the Scientology clergy. I was a teenager, 16 years old, living and working full. Free labor. Yeah. You know, you did, you did your two year mission and you know, it's a similar, although you're supposed to dedicate your whole life, but most people don't. I didn't, I wasn't even there two years. So you did more time than me. I was there a bit around a year. Um, and I 
wanted to leave immediately pretty much and was still there mm. about a year. It was a really long process to get out. And there was a point where I, um, you know, probably the closest I've felt to suicidal where I just thought, well, if I just jumped off of this building, I was up on the fifth oh, or God. sixth floor. And I just remember having that thought process of like, if I jumped, they would have to deal with the mess, the, you know, the fallout. And, the... You'd, get, and you'd get a new body. And I would and, just get a new body. Serve them right. Yeah, exactly. And I know that I, I believe that uh, people who are struggling with maybe their sexual or gender identity, um, you know, if you're going through something like that and you just feel like I was just born in the wrong body. You know, I, I should have been born a woman. I should have been born a man. I, why don't I just, you know, start over? It's a, it's a very, um, slippery slope and, uh, a scary sort of mindset to have. And there's not really like a punishment. It's not like, oh, you go to purgatory or you No, it's, you know, you would just have to get auditing and eventually like work through this stuff and come back as a Scientologist. Right. Which we all kind of believe we do. Um, and so that is what I was trying to communicate on the show. And that is very much like even when I went on um, Rachel Bernstein's podcast, Indoctrination, we, that was essentially the big topic that we discussed. Um, and, and it's the topic I'm the most passionate about because it affects people that I love um, tremendously. And so what, oh, I don't mean to cut in. Yeah, no, go um, for it. What, what leads would you say leads you to these these moments and i can i can give my opinion from being raised mormon and kind of that mental trap that i feel like the reasons i can talk about as well but why why did it lead you and does it lead someone to um the swedish term is mord is suicide so mm. if people don't aren't comfortable with the word suicide which is a very it's a very sensitive word but i like to i like to use different words and mord. what what brings people do you think to that like what, to that yeah well um in the case i think of one of my closest friends who um committed suicide i believe she was very depressed and should have been diagnosed as clinically depressed. Um, Mm. She instead self-medicated with alcohol, uh, which I Mm. also found myself doing. Um, And as you know about me, I think I'm now sober. uh, What am I? 11 years sober. Yeah. I'll be even. Yeah. And I have to tell you guys listening that, we went and did a karaoke night all together in Los Angeles and North Hollywood and April was fine in the, the bar. She was just like, we were having a great time. We were all having drinks and singing, but she didn't. And I, Johnny I danced his little tush off. <laughs> <laughs> you should see this guy dance. Man, if there's Dude, ever I'm a just, video you guys podcast. Kept filling me. Was like, okay, here we go. I'm just gonna keep going. You're the best dance partner I've ever had. (laughs) Oh man, I I really long for that now. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, and you and everyone, you guys have to know April's voice is just dynamite. Thank you, 
when you were singing up there, I was like, who the hell well, you, are we hanging out with? You rocked some Lizzo, so pretty hard. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good oh, night. Man, Very fun so night. so fun. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Oh, man. The, anyhow, the, anyhow. So you're sober. I'm sober. So sober. And, you know. We're talking about a serious you know, conversation yeah, and, I don't mean to like detract from that. And honestly, a number of the people who I know who did take their own lives obviously struggled with addiction problems. Uh, the first one I remember when I was, I think I was 22 when he died, um, a, a, a good friend of our family and my one of my brother's closest friends, Jordan, he was only in his early 20s, a year or two older than me. And um, he struggled with addiction, you know, and that's another thing where Scientology thinks they have the answer to fix it. And they send you to their Scientology version of, you know, and, um, you know, he came back from that rehab. That was a Scientology rehab and essentially, um, took his own life very shortly thereafter. Um, and I know he struggled with addiction as did the friend that I'm referencing, my friend, Allison Carroll, who, um, you know, struggled with her own, um, alcoholism and I believe, um, extreme depression, uh, that was undiagnosed. And so like when you're trying to self-medicate, I mean, when you're on, uh, drugs or alcohol, it's easy to be in a frame of mind where you don't, um, where you might, you know, uh, inflict pain on yourself or just not be in the right frame of mind. You're not in a sane frame of mind. Um, but I believe that these individuals weren't in a sane frame of mind anyhow, and there should have been some attention to that fact. Um, and had they been, uh, brought up in a different way or not sort of, uh, led to believe that psychiatry, um, uh, would harm them, that there might have been a different path that they had taken and perhaps they would have been you know, properly diagnosed and medicated, um, and and had proper therapy to discuss whatever was going on in, you know, their lives that they might have taken a route of, um, you know, addiction. And I've been so fortunate because my addiction didn't take me out. And I, Mm. I wish that I could have helped those people earlier, you know, had some information of my own to share, with them or a place to point them to when I noticed what was happening in their lives. But at that time I, I wasn't there yet. You know, I didn't have the answer that I wish I had. I didn't know where to send them or take them. Allison, I I could have taken her to AA, but there was, there's an answer that came to me a lot later in life about that. I think she would have been um, more open to receiving than just standard AA, but you know, hindsight. So Oh man, it's it's hella hella hard, man, to to be like, what could I have done? Um, and I have exposure to people, you know, kids in my high school who committed suicide. You know, one day they're in class, the next day the teacher announces that they took their life, and I just was so broken up. Is that it. a big thing in the Mormon um, community as well? Do you think? You know, I would I would argue that it is. Yeah. I would argue that the suicide rate is way too high for the state of Utah alone. Uh, per capita, I, I, I would How many of the people that you kind of grew up with or were in your classes? Because I, I had this conversation with my husband and um, 
he said between him and his like siblings, he has three, we each have three siblings. So we have a decently large families yeah. um, mm. that he knew like he could think of one person that was in his uh, sister's class that he had heard had committed suicide. And, um, you know, I've brought, I've posed the question to other friends and that seems to be about right. One to two people in your life where maybe that has happened. And that's an awful experience, no matter how many people, obviously. Um, but when you start getting into the nine, 10, 11, 12 numbers, it just seems astronomical and it seems like an epidemic to me. Um, and I'm just curious if you have any, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. And I want to circle back to a couple questions I have for you too, because I, uh, after we tell you this, because I just am making a mental bookmark because it's really hard for me sometimes because my brain kind of gets off. In, you know, <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same. Right. We can, yeah, it's like, I'll, oh, I'll remind you, you know? you have a couple we... questions. Okay, great. <laughs> it's, it's based on what, what, why you think this you know, what, what Scientology plays into this, but we'll get back to that. Um, and so, so Mormonism, I never, I never felt, I, I, I was not satisfied (laughs) with the results of Mormonism, even as a true believing Mormon, I was like, these results just aren't right. Like people aren't happy. Like you say they should be or would be. So relate. It's just like you guys just say, all of these beautiful, sweet things will happen. You promise us the moon. Yeah. You promise us a planet of our own, by the yeah. way. And and then you can't yeah, deliver you can't that. Yeah. You can't deliver this shit. And and here these kids are d- killing themselves. And so I think I had so Clayton. Clayton was one friend who ended his life. Uh, this other girl, Mikkel, she was in my. These class. are all high school children. These are mm-hmm. high school, yeah, age. Um, oh, I, I know I've probably blocked them out, but there's so more in your high school. That I, yeah, I oh, sorry, one second. Hey, sweetie. I'm on a phone call. I'm sorry. How are you doing? Oh. Say hi, April. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being too loud? Are you sleeping? Oh. She's trying to. The sun's too up. Too bright, huh? Yeah. We're getting used to the Swedish sun. Yeah. <laughs> and I love your shirt. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I love your dress. Pajama dress. I've got just a very limited time with April here, so I'm just going to finish talking to her. But I love you. Sleep good. <laughs> All got. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's, uh, oh, I can talk for hours about how important how important uh, it is to oh like being a parent after a faith crisis is yeah. like well and also if like attaching like metal like freaking like gauntlets like all on your <laughs> appendages and throwing you into the river and be like and also if you didn't depending on your parenting and, you know if there were was neglect or abuse or uh, whatever trauma came with with that from coming from um, a background of you know either extreme religious cult whatever you want to call the background that you came from 
Mm. You know, there's usually some baggage in the parenting department. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I think it's yeah, and yeah, it's hard finish, to try. It's there. hard to try to build something without a foundation. It's like here we are, no foundation, no good foundation to you know for the parenting thing. Part of your part of your experience parenting is with this you know old ideology that you no longer subscribe to. And now what do I, how do I, you know, navigate without any real, how do I build this up with nothing underneath it? Oh yeah. I mean, that's why to me anyway, Sweden is everything to me right now. It's because it is the foundation that I'm like, uh, yeah, I need something. And it's like, well, you believe in Sweden, right? It's like, yeah, I believe in Sweden. Yeah. I believe like they're going in this direction that is launched a hundred years into the future. That's going to take America and other developed countries a hundred yeah. years to get to where they just are socially now, speaking, like, or what's like human right. rights, uh, equality. Right. Uh, I mean, that's wonderful. Just, just that's being great just being human beings that are living within this world with, with nature, caring about the, the uh, environment and the mil- milieu, milieu is the Swedish word for environment, yeah. <laughs> milieu. But um, they, uh, Swedish has three other vowels and it's like, aw, ah, uh, and it's it's a mess and we're trying to learn it but anyway but they they really just they work so hard at the things that they know they need to change and religion has taken a far back seat and it's like yeah i'm a christian but i'm an atheist i'm like what like yeah i'm a christian but i'm atheist and 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 my brain just kind of (laughs) how do you even i know what, what how do you how do you do this and it's like well you know, we believe in the, the principles of like kindness yeah. and like benevolence, you know, Christianity being like this, this good set of principles you should Abide, you know, yeah, live by like the golden rule. Type Buddhism of or. Well, know. I think right. that there's positives in most uh, religions. There's, you know, set of values that a lot of us get from most religious experiences. Um, but like to say that you're an atheist and Christian, it's like, how do you not believe in Jesus Christ and, you know, God and be Christian? You just are, you're more agnostic than anything else. And you believe in certain, you want to take what you can, but you cannot be Christian uh, and, and be an atheist. You just cannot be, you can, you know what I mean? You can go, you can go, (laughs) I'll take take the pieces from religion that I believe. And, like I have other friends yeah. like that, or I was just talking to a woman today um, who I know through work and she said something about being a part of a non-denominational church. So my interest was piqued and I said, where, Oh, what church? And then I find out it's Bible based Christian based non-denominational. I'm like, that's kind of not non-denominational though. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of gay couples there and it's very liberal. You it's are pretty a denomination though, if it's Christian based. I mean, no, no offense. And that if it works for you, it works for you. But it just, I, it, to me, it's it oxymoronic. oxymoronic it's not non-denominational. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, and, and that's where uh, I'm just going to kind of peel in here is that is where the madness starts. That is where the fucking yeah. madness starts of like, Hey, 
you're crazy. And it's like, well, I don't feel like I'm crazy. I feel like oh. you guys are the crazy ones saying <laughs> the gaslighting, like <laughs> don't mean. Yeah. They gaslight you and you're like, wait a minute. If you just bring it up and say, hey, but technically speaking, which cults derive a lot of power in changing dictionary oh, yes, meanings of words. They have to use a word, but then fill it with Oh yeah, we have like a, meanings that you would never find in the a word dictionary. Reasonable like, in Scientology was um a pejorative. Reasonable. You should not be reasonable. Um uh-huh. What? Reasonable had a negative connotation. What? And there was another one, um clo- open minded, same same thing never noticed any of this till i left (laughs) fyi like (laughs) you're just like yeah and you mentioned and i want to just circle back to this and then remind you that you had a couple questions because you told me to remind you but um i just want to real quickly touch on the fact that you said like the promises that are not able to be delivered like here is a organization like that promises certain things that says like this is what's going to happen this is how you're you know you get a planet you get your own this scientology uh, offers promises like that um in your life now right like we can make you more able yeah. and help you be able to communicate better um and have better relationships in your life and things like that like more self-helpy type stuff and and i see yeah. so many people suffering financially so many people suffering where they can't speak to their family or, you know, are told to, you know, uh, disconnect from someone include, and yep. not always someone who left Scientology. Yep. Like when I was growing up, I was sort of turned against my grandfather in because he was, uh, quotation marks, antagonistic toward the church of Scientology. He did not care for Scientology and he made his opinion known. Right. Um, his daughter got involved in a cult mm. and he was not too thrilled. Um, so he and other people in his family and my mother's family, m- my dad and the Church of Scientology and the you know, organization itself really pushed pretty hard for us not to have a lot of contact or any contact at all in some cases. Oh, that that is super uh, reminiscent. And it of sucks because, too, you but... know, I missed good years with a lovely, very interesting, wonderful man. And <laughs> oh, I'm laughing. Uh, it's awful. And now his sister, who's still alive, oh and, you know, I'm recognizing that she lived 30 minutes away from us my whole life. We didn't have any relationship with her because she does work in the field of psychiatry. Um, and she was evil, you know. And it really is sucky, you know. I'm I'm able to get a little bit of time now in with her, thankfully. But she's older, and it's a little harder um, to do. I'm grateful for the time I do yeah. get and the stories I get to hear and all of that that I missed out on for years and years and years um, from the oldest living member of my grandfather's, you know, side of the family. Um, and I get to hear some stories mm. about my grandpa and stuff, but it's just, it, that stuff baffles me. Like, why would sure. we, you know, it, it's, it's just hurtful and it's not the promises. It's not better relationships with your family. It's not an ability to communicate. Oh, I've watched so no. many of my friends, parents, you know, struggling with finances, move out of their house, more remortgage their house, put money into this thing that's supposed to help them end up moving into an apartment. Like what's happening here and how do you not see the red flags how do you not notice that you're not sure. more able and more financially stable or more you know 
uh, your relationships aren't better. You haven't talked to your kids in however many years, you know, or met your grandchildren. Like where, how, how can you be so disconnected from reality that you can't see, um, what's right in front of your face like I just don't it's it's well and and I have something to say about that actually because I feel like I have a few answers why and and you can say you know what you think from your perspective from Scientology from that lens but from mine it's you know Mormonism is a branch of Christianity and so they use they've used Christianity as a platform to build up from, but they have constructed yeah. whatever they've wanted out of, you know, they've used it, you know, for their purposes. And then when it doesn't serve the purpose, when it doesn't serve the cult, they switch it or they change it. And they say, well, God says this now. And um, so at least Christianity has that Bible, you know, some kind of gold standard for God's sakes, but, they they literally just Mormonism went off the gold standard in as far as Christianity goes. But but even in Christianity, I I am like Jesus was a hostile person. I mean, mm-hmm. he's thirty three, you know, when he dies. He's thirty when he starts piping up and, and making waves and becoming a superstar. And and he's saying things that are like earth shatteringly terrible for families he says that people that don't that love parent child or whatever anyone more than me are not worthy of me <laughs> it's like those, a narcissistic those words have fueled more family feuds and it's more such a narcissistic thing it's like something donald a, a trump family. would say exactly <laughs> exactly and people are like well you can't question jesus i'm like i'm gonna i better you better fucking believe i'm gonna question this motherfucker i don't give a fuck because he has literally holding our family in like over a fire or over a cliff and saying this doesn't matter i matter and you're like you're a gel you're just a jealous bitch shut the fuck up and get out of my way. But I believe in being good. But you, buddy, you got yeah. shit to answer for. And plus, on top of that, you're like, oh, but on top of that, who even knows what the hell he even said? Because look at the fucking power that has been wielded yeah. with that cross. Well, look I have at, a lot. I, t- I have so no, no, many. No, 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 no. I mean, we could talk for days and days. And I, I'm, I'll try to keep it always as brief as I can right now. But <laughs> there's so much I can say yeah, about right. that um, with... <laughs> the like black and white set of rules of right and wrong instead of the realization that every single situation has areas of gray and that even things that might have been harmful you know we can grow out of them we're not we're not beholden to having made harm and you know hurting you know we're not beholden to that one incident to shape the rest of our lives or everyone's opinions of us for the rest of our lives like we get to make mistakes as humans and fail forward hopefully and grow that's allowed and that's how we you know Mm -hmm. with children we we acknowledge Mm -hmm. that you know a child has to maybe burn their hand to understand not to touch the hot stove like you don't we have to let them make their mistakes. They they can't learn from our mistakes. They have to learn from their mistakes. And 
we are constantly evolving and we try to put ourselves into this well religion tries to put us into uh boxes and say and and really just it's a very um black or white non-linear like i feel like it should we there are many 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 shades of gray in every situation sexuality is one of those things where it's like Mm -hmm. give me a break Nobody is fully straight or fully gay. That's what I believe. I think we're all away. There's some shade of gray. You're maybe more on the straight side, more on the gay side. You're, you could be anything in between there. You can see like, oh, that person's an attractive person. Or I'd be willing to experience this and like check out what, how I feel about that. Like nobody, right? I just, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a, a little more liberal than others in my thinking there. But that's how I believe. And um, I also think gender it's, it's I think gender liberal, is the same way. Liberality and I think welcome. in relationships mm. in this like idea, um, you know, my husband and I have a lot of conversations about my thoughts there because I think monogamy is just a construct that religion has given us and said, this is how you do. Um, and if you don't do, or if you think differently, mm. you know, or I've had conversations with some people who grew up heavily religiously about like masturbation or pornography and these like ideas that we are stuck with that make us feel like an awful human being because we're human and we don't f- fit into a box <laughs> for just having a thought a for just having a thought there. and yeah. like thinking outside of the box that we were put in it's so it's so harmful right. to expect people to act in a way that may or may not and very likely is not natural to them as a homo sapien right just like who what would we be without all of this um without all of these ideas thrust upon us from an early age um and that's i mean there's just so so many gray areas there that i constantly have to challenge my own thoughts and my own beliefs and say well what how does how do i really like how do i really feel should I feel awful because I had that feeling or that thought? Is it okay to communicate that feeling or thought within, you know, my friendship, my marriage, my family, whatever the places that I'm having that thought or feeling? Um, and what's, mm. you know, am I being forced to think a certain way? Where did that, where did that ideology come from that I'm basing some right or wrong idea on? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can relate to you so well. I mean, because cause when, when the religious floor drops out, and, and I, I'm just going to say it's the cult floor, okay? Because I think religion yeah. is one thing, right? People that I've met <clears throat> all my life that are Catholic are just like not torn up about it. They're just like, eh, I'm Catholic. There's a lot but, of fire and brimstone stuff, know, but yeah. It's whatever. But they're, yeah, they're, they're fine, but like, they, it's not cults are different. It's I think it's a, just a different animal. They've used religion as a way to to bring in these people and keep them there. And well, and a lot of times financially, work them financially abuse and shun. Like those are two things I see heavily in the cult. Where it's like <laughs> if you're shunned when you leave, it's probably a cult. If you are broke when you leave, or you <laughs> have been having to give. Or oh, yeah. if you're killed well, when too. you leave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you heard. Yeah. You've heard about like Mormonism back before it got so plasticky and Disneylandish. It, uh, it, it really was like the a Jonestown-y desert death cult. style. I mean, Brigham Young. 
Yeah, like if you leave, yeah. you know, you're fucked. And they and, and part of the uh, rituals in the, their temples, they used to pantomime slitting wow. their own Wow, no, I had no idea about any of that. If they, yes, yes, that's yeah. the shit that I'm like, listen. And they, <laughs> they conveniently work into the ritual that they swear you to secrecy to not share any or reveal these hokey oh yeah that stuff that stuff i know a little emotions, bit of right? because of you guys that i've met you know through our through our little community right but even before us oh sorry to cut you but even before us i that that blasted yeah. me to the like right out well and anything where you can't learn until you know information's withheld without a certain amount of time or money that should be a red flag to anyone in an organization like these it's like i shouldn't have to pay a hundred thousand dollars to know that you know the ot3 which is one of our like big secretive things that nobody gets to learn until they've paid a lot of money and you know done a lot of services um, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to go broke to get mm. there if I have to go broke to get there. And then when you get there, Please. a lot of people are very disappointed in the whole alien stuff that they end up. We don't, totally. you don't learn about that totally. stuff until your pot committed quite a bit of money. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you're so investing committed that you're like, well, I'd look like a real big idiot if I just turned around and yeah. And well, and beyond all that, you tend to you and tend so to need the relationships you, just... you build because it is a very supportive community, That's right. and a lot of times, like you are beholden to certain people because they you now work for a Scientology company, or you know, there's just support that comes in the community, and without it doesn't even necessarily. It's not about the money at that point. It's about losing the uh, connections that help you in your life, uh, all of your friends that you've built, you've maybe pushed other people out, like I, you know, described about my grandfather. So there's a lot, it's very multifaceted when you get to that point and how indoctrinated oh, you geez. are and how, you know, ingrained within the community you are. So with that being said, because dude, I could, I could get lost in that rabbit hole with you. Focus. And I really want Do to, it. but I'm, Focus. I'm, pulling that. I'm pulling against that because, yes, I get it. And I could be like, yeah, let's get this on. Ding, ding, ding. You know, like, take off the gloves, motherfucker. Yeah, dude, I'm, I, I, I have spent the last two years just utterly raged, like angry rage man, you know, because I have been wronged. I have been blah. But now... From there, you said they've been indoctrinated, and let's let's just go there. So the question is mm-hmm. that I was going to ask you earlier is why do you think, why do you argue that Scientology has anything to do with people uh, committing quid? Well, I think that you know it's it's a correlation. You can't say like for sure it happened, but I've looked into it enough and asked enough friends and recognized that it happens much more often um, in the youth of Scientology, second generation Scientologists, primarily people who were raised in it, not first generation, not people who found it for themselves. Um, Far more often than it seems to for people who were not brought up in that type of environment. And so that to me says something's wrong here within what's happening in this group. 
Um, and then, like I described, I I believe that the lack of mental health uh, care and the actual like turning you against the industry of, of uh, psychiatry and psychology, where you would generally find answers if you were going through clinical depression or you had something you were, you know, needed to work through, or maybe you needed to be medicated, being, being uh, sort of turned against that uh, and made to believe that it's evil. I, I also find that to be a direct correlation to why somebody might hurt themselves um, that might be experiencing depression or maybe voices or, other types of um, uh, issues having to do with their mental health and, and are not diagnosed and are not medicated. And then the, the, the last piece of the puzzle is, like I, like I mentioned earlier as well, the fact that you are led to believe that you live another life after this one and you can pick up another body. And um, so like those little factors combined together, I think, are what make Scientology play a part in that and they're not the ones holding the gun or whatever you want to you know say they're not the, they, it's not they've they've tricked the mind trap they Basically, set they've you set up, up the mind to fail trap if to... you happen to be somebody who's already susceptible or maybe someone who was triggered i think in my brother's case he probably got triggered during his time in the sea org um, <clears throat> um probably According to what you said, some of your stories, I'm like, fuck. He was in be... for a, quite a bit longer oh. than I was. And so, and he came out what I saw as an entirely different person. And it's just, it's awful because I, yeah. I mean, I love this kid. He is my baby brother, you know, and he's not a kid anymore. He's in his 30s. But to me, he's always going to be my baby brother. And I can't really see him in his own eyes anymore. And he won't even speak to me anymore. Um, so there's that. But you feel like very helpless in a situation like that where you don't know if he's going to do harm to himself or someone else, where you know that he's not medicated or diagnosed and where you know that something is terribly wrong. Yeah. I, I must say that field of psychology has been evolving and, sure. and wrong in 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 years and l ron hubbard yep. i think he had a view 50s, right? of 1950s so, so yeah. he was he had some serious yeah right. some really fucked up ideas i think in the psychological uh industry or world there and and true yes but the thing was is he, i think he found something that everyone was really upset about and then he used it to his advantage. And I think that's Joseph Smith's uh, big break was that he, he saw other people just yearning to find God. And he's like, oh, I found him. Yeah. He's, he was in my backyard. He just like, he like yeah, rolled on it. Like, this <clears throat> is what's selling. I will sell this shit all day because he was a son of a father that failed seven farms or something retarded. Like, they could never make money and yeah. he was probably just so sick of it. And he was like, look, I don't fucking care. I'm not yeah. going to dig wells for the rest of my life. I'm going well, and to do something with myself. And that was like, you know, I think L. Ron Hubbard, he found that and he's like, people just hate psychologists. I hate psychologists. Yeah. I, think I think you have shit. And now I think you I'm going to make someone's um, life and better. you're still going to find psychologists that you hate or, you know, they're just, I had an awful therapist when I first got into therapy and I didn't realize she was awful because I had no comparative 
you know, I had nothing to compare it to. But, um, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, you know, back in, in his day, and, you know, he died in the 80s, so he didn't get to see a lot of, a lot of change. Um, but the nice thing about the field of right. psychiatry or any scientific or medically based field is that they're willing to build upon, you know, mistakes, admit them, publish new studies and journals, and they grow. Yes. And Scientology doesn't do that. Like he has, Scientology hasn't really quote unquote grown. Like he hasn't been able to go. So Ron Harvard hasn't been able to go. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. You know what? New policy. You know, let's talk about this because we, we messed up here since the eighties. And he did that actually, I'll, I'll give him that. He did that quite a few times when he was around. So there were many times that he, you know, corrected something that he um, felt didn't work. Um, With, with psychiatry, like one of the things that he talked a lot about was electroshock therapy and how lobotomies, electroshock therapy, things that were, you know, pretty abusive type procedures, um, you know, and a lot of, a lot of, um, I think when Reagan was in office, you know, when a lot of those, those uh, institutions were shut down because they felt people were being abused. I, I'm, I have so much anger about shutting down things instead of, you know, figuring out how to make it work in a way that doesn't hurt people, but whatever. Um, we can talk about that a different day. But like mm. electroshock th- shock therapy is a good, is a good yeah. uh, sort of um, example because we now have ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, not electroshock, not done the same way, you know, mm. anesthesia. Uh, is involved and it's a very different small current um, and it has been proven to change brain Mm. chemistry and you and I have a mutual friend actually that has undergone some ECT and had very good results at least early on I haven't um, spoken to them in a while but has undergone electroconvulsive therapy um, Mm. and was you know, clinically depressed, had not had the types of results with medication that one would hope was uh, entering every day in a very hopeless state and consistently suicidal. And when you're in that place and you find out that there is a therapy that can be done that has a 70% likelihood of working, um, which which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but is... Yeah. A, Right. (laughs) And you're not getting effective, you're not getting effective uh, results from medication. Then, you know, seeing somebody go through that and have the results that they had um, and, and describe the results that they had was a very big eye opener for me because I, you know, that was always one of the things like, this is abusive. Mm. And it's like, no, you know what? That was a starting point, and as much as it did suck, and maybe psychiatry back in the 1950s and 60s when some of these things were, you know, first coming, just, yes, like, we're trying to figure it out. Nobody wants to be in a place where they feel like that, and there are a lot of mental situations that are hard to diagnose. They're hard to fix, and some of them are never really fixable. You may be medicated for the rest of your life. My friends who suffer from bipolar, you know, it's when they're in an episode, they don't know, they black out. They're a whole different person. Um, and medication plays such a huge part in keeping those people sane in, in their everyday lives, in the majority of their everyday, you know? Um, and without it, 
I don't think many of them would be alive. And for sure, they wouldn't be able to function in the way that they're able to function in the, in the day now that, you know, when they are medicated. So to just discount that stuff or to tell people like, no, evil, you know, that's harmful. It's harmful. It's abusive mm. to tell, to take away something mm. that can help. Well, it's, le- it's leading you down. Yeah, and it's leading a path. person down. And a path a that says, we have all your track. answers, but then it turns With, out they don't have answers for these things. And they don't, and they don't even want to touch you. Like my, my brother, yeah, they don't want to. Fuck. They're scared, yeah. I believe, that they're going to hurt him further. That if they do give him their therapy, their type of therapy, that he may hurt himself or hurt my mother. And then they will be somehow related to that issue. So they won't give him their therapy. And that is really abusive. That's saying, we have answers, but not for you. Right. But you can't get the answers that are out there because those are (laughs) harmful. Dude, it's... Oh, fuck. I've got something to say about that, too, because there's... Okay, so bookmark that real quick. Wait, so what were they going to say? We have answers, but not for you. I think you had... no. Yeah, an aha right there. Yes. (laughs) Burden's heart. I know, and then it left, but it might come back. But but I'm going to go to this one thought. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. There were kids. There was, like, this face-to-face meeting with the Mormon... Mm -hmm. Top leaders, they call them apostles. Okay, it's Fancy. supposed to be very super uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, respected title there, <laughs> apostle. And uh, special witnesses of the Lord uh, invisibility. Anyway, but, oh, no, I've seen him in my dreams. You're like, okay, whatever. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Just whatever. So, but they're having this face-to-face, mm-hmm. they call it, face-to-face meeting. And um broadcasting it from i guess byu or something i don't know but they're these guys are supposed to know everything right Right. because they talk directly to god i mean god knows everything they're supposed to know everything and that's or else why are you following them and so so the guy um but people have weaknesses see oh okay yeah sure i I don't have a direct line to god to help me with them (laughs) so anyway yeah like so so invest in me they're like no i'm like all right see so anyway, but um, so I'm sitting there watching this thing, and and this was as a true believer, by the way, and this is like these big chinks yeah. of my armor just starting to get like, you know, pulverized. But this guy, this kid, brought up mm-hmm. the question: Why are kids committing suicide? Oh, and interesting. So that student, was a think, topic or, of discussion. Know, it may have been. So they literally just went right there, and they said, "Why are kids killing themselves?" And, and then these yeah. guys who are supposed to know everything mm. said, we don't know. Yeah. And we're you're not, like, yeah, but doesn't God have some sort of plan here? What? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. So you're saying that your God won't tell you. And it's like, well, he's a tricky God. See, he's mysterious. He doesn't tell us everything. And you're like, but therapists yeah. know. 101 shit dude why don't you just yeah. read a fucking 101 therapy book about psychology about because if you start because you admitting if you start admitting that you like don't have the answers then that's when leaders. people yes. start going wait a minute then that's when we start questioning you have to just pretend you just have to pretend and just it you know fake it till you make it 
when you have nothing, you have no leg to stand on, you have no information and you don't know why. And in Scientology, I know there are some people who've brought this same issue up. Why are our kids hurting themselves? What is happening? People who've lost their children. And then there are some that stay true believers when their kid dies. And I can't quite get that. They need something to hold. Well, and I can understand yeah. that because doc- indoctrination is, yeah, in- indoctrination is more, I mean, people, people stay on their fucking missions at their Mormon, the free salesman labor, like you're just a salesman. Okay. You're just a free salesman for the Mormon church. They stay out there even when their parents die and they won't even go home to fucking see their yeah. parents being That's buried insane. because they're so committed because they and think the here. afterlife well, yeah. is so much more important than this life that God would rather and have I'll see them. I'll see them when we're together and you spend know, the pe- when, when my life ends. Yes. And process yeah. this very And are you guys thing. like us where like grief doesn't like, happen? Like, I mean, you might cry or whatever and but like you're supposed to just bounce back and put on a smile. It's it definitely is I think one of those people will argue about this all day. I will say it's more culturally yeah. Because the Mormon culture is kind of the genius of the animal is that they won't. Oh, Scientology is exactly things, the same. But the cult, the, That's the exactly how it works. It's the people. It's the people that make, you know, stone. sort of, uh, this is the normal. This is how we act. Because, I mean, there's nothing in Scientology that says don't That's ever, exactly right. you know, grieve the loss of a loved one. There's nothing even close to that. However, there is a, something called the tone scale that puts all of the emotional tones together and tells you that grief is very low on that scale. And when you're in the uh, emotion of grief, you are not, uh, you're going away from survival instead of towards survival. So if you sit in that for too long, that's not a positive thing and everyone wants to survive. Right. <laughs> so like things like that, where they're, they're more convoluted, yeah. but they become a part of the culture. And like when someone dies, it is very rare that you see someone really sit with their grief and actually go through all of the, you know, grieving process. Instead, it's like, we have the, you know, we've got a memorial thing happening and we do the thing. And then we're supposed to like get some Scientology counseling and bounce back. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that Mormonism does give, I think a little bit more allow grieving. Uh, more. They they do kind of like use Jesus and and kind of this, this right. You know, Jesus even wept. There's like there's this real that's nice. There's this real space for grief and yeah. pain and suffering and sorrow, which is nice, right? In 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 a way, and I think that's why it's been you know very successful in its own right, I guess, but. But the, the other thing is that it's disgusting to me is that they will then use that oh. their funeral as oh, a missionary. I've tool, seen it as happen at Scientology too, where they try to offer, meeting. where they try to offer, they like use, they have it at the church, have they have really? the memorial okay. at the church, and then they're offering tours to people. I'm like, are yes. you insane? Right. Like, talk or reading little excerpts of Scientology and then yeah, trying to explain them to the people who aren't a part of the organization and see, you know, if anyone has questions to ask them afterwards type of thing where you're like, 
this is just this is disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah you're like i'm at a fucking funeral give me or a just week, don't try least. to recruit like, my family members at a funeral like, ever oh, no, or no, no, ever no, no, period just leave it alone no kidding no kidding but the thing is, is that, oh yeah that when is people are hurting they're very open opportunities it mm-hmm. really is like when people are at yep. their lowest, when they're they're open and vulnerable, then one hundred percent, then they can insert uh, the knife, you know. And so, I I just think, you know, why you got to be so fucking dirty, you know? But I think the other flip yeah. side is they have to be, or else it won't succeed. And I mean, you have to just bar grandma from the door of the temple because she drinks coffee and she can't come see the, <laughs> the her granddaughter get married, yeah. her ceremony that's that's important a need without that it doesn't create yeah. a class system. well and also the fact that like oh i've got it i have to keep up that, my oh, whatever I you guys call it temple card grandma. otherwise you know like it just keeps people trapped yeah right exactly and i think you know what i so here's the next question without getting drowning in this and um is is do you think that it's possible for people in Scientology or, or any number of, of cults or organizations, is it possible to see things change for the better within the group? Or do you feel like total extrication from that group is the only way to, well, to, to I'm make not everything sort better? of an end all be all type of a, a person. I very much believe everyone has to make the decisions that work mm. in their life. And I don't want anyone telling me like what to do or that my belief system sucks or, you know, no one likes that. And, and screaming at them that you're wrong doesn't change. It's just like with, you know, the other side of the political spectrum. I try to remind myself everyone has their own experiences and opinions yeah. and they're all valid and real and true for them because it's, I don't have their life and their upbringing and their education and their parents and none of that belongs to me so i'm not you know i'm not gonna say mm. the church could make some changes i wish they would make some changes i would love i would not want to go back there myself but for the people who remain and there are going to be people who remain mm. um it would be wonderful if scientology listened recognized acknowledged they off they're awful at acknowledging trauma acknowledge that they may have, you know, that some poorly worded or, uh, you know, archaic um, uh, rhetoric may have played a part in, you know, these, the, the lives that were lost um, or people's, you know, suffering mentally today. um, And they changed their tune. Um, people make mistakes, organizations make mistakes, things happen, we can grow and change and realize and make those statements. And the Church of Scientology tends not to do that. Yeah, I would love it if they would do that. Would I prefer that someone just left and didn't continue on in that organization? At this point, the answer would definitely be yes. I, I would love for every single person that I love dearly to leave that organization. But I just don't think that that's realistic. So there has to be more avenues than that and i honestly unfortunately don't believe that it's realistic for the church to change their tune either so um man such an impasse such a you feel a little helpless but you're you're hoping that 
over so time, we, those people yeah. that you love that are involved will open their eyes and recognize like, oh, wow, I'm not allowed to talk to someone I love. And then why did I, did I really choose that? Um, or was I forced to choose that? And uh, why, you know, oh, I lost my child or my friend, or I see someone suffering and it doesn't seem like they're able to get help or be better. Why is that? Quite Like, I hope people let those light bulbs go off and um, spend some time questioning and researching because you're sort of beholden to, as you guys were to, you know, what you're told and told not to look outside of those, you know, doors just to stay in this room and study what's in here. Um, yeah. And, and there's fear involved mm-hmm. with oh, um, totally. looking outside. Oh, yeah, exactly. Threats, yeah. fear. <laughs> Threats. Yeah. We Threat, had similar threaten, stuff. Threaten I kids. thought my spine would break if I looked at specific information on the internet. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> yeah. What? So real, real fear of like personally no hurting. Wait. Yeah. Your fucking spine? So um, that kind of stuff where you just... Hopefully, as hopefully as you grow up wow, and grow and 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 learn. I mean, and I'm speaking like very specifically to children of Scientology, youth that were raised in Scientology. We're not kids anymore, most of yeah. us. Like, if we're in, I'm in my right. late, I'm about to be 38. I'm in late late 30s, um, and I spent all of my formative years um, indoctrinated yeah. in this. I was born in it, raised in it, didn't know anything outside of it. Went to the schools, went to the church, joined the Sea Org, the whole nine. Did the thing I was supposed to do. Was a great student and upstanding member of the church. You know, I mean, I got in trouble like everyone, but I was a great kid. And you get, you know, it's hard to no. question. I know you were the same way. I know you were so like, if I'm not getting it, it's me. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not trying hard enough, you know? Yep. Um, oh, man. And... Oh, yeah. How I prayed. Dude, I prayed like. And it's such a sad, mighty, it's such a sad mighty, moment. Mighty so hopefully anyway, there, but, yeah. there comes a time or hopefully someone, whenever I do one of these yeah. things, I think. God, I hope someone hears it that needs to hear it. You know, I hope someone hears it that needs to hear that it's okay. It's okay to question. It's okay to look outside. It's okay to recognize Mm. that there are other organizations that may have answers that you're not getting in the one that you're in. All of that is okay. Um, And, you know, even if you were led to believe that it is not okay and that there's something, you know, hurtful or harmful or that you have to look for the answers in this specific one source, that's not how life works and be critical and think critically and, you know, form your own opinions because, you know, your own opinion and your own experience are valid. Mm. Man, that's, I really appreciate you, you sharing that. Cause it's, yeah, I, what I mean, I think you nailed it right there. I think the the main compromise in all of this impasse is don't hurt children, and there should be laws protecting like core laws of just saying you can not eighteen yeah do this anyone under eighteen under should not be allowed to be in certain women. situations. Yeah, I mean they're not old enough to decide for themselves. 
They're not uh, old enough I mean, to figure this... it out on their own. They don't know any different. They don't know any better. They're easily manipulated, and it's really sad. Well, and people use these stupid ass words. They're like, they're so eight. They don't know what that means. <laughs> and I'm like, they're no, saying, they're not. I love you. They're eight. Mom. They're yeah, saying, exactly. Do I want to be accepted by my parents? Do I want to see pride in my be, father's do, eyes? Do I want to be with the in the in crowd with my friends? Yes. Do I want to be accepted? And yeah. it's 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 juvenile. Right. It's juvenile to say they're making their choice. You're like you are. Yeah, they're so making your choice. That's exactly educated. what they're I doing. I can't even tell you. They're like, following your plan and the you know. That's all it is, and and. Right. And so with the kids being baptized when they're eight, um, I just told people like our, our daughter, our oldest was about to be eight. And then we fell out of Mormonism and we had this big party and yeah. everyone assumed because we called it her golden oh, yeah. birthday party because she was born on the 8th of October, that I, the 8th and she's turning eight. And that was just kind of my thing. I was like, yeah, it's a golden birthday party. And they all assumed that it was because she was getting baptized. And I was like, no, she's not getting baptized. <laughs> and they're like, bomb oh. drop. <laughs> and it, it was a really awkward, awkward kind of, yeah, it was kind of an awkward realization that they're like, oh, we're not among like allies here. And I was just thinking like, there's no way that this, my daughter is choosing this. And I asked her point blank one day and I was like, why do you want to get baptized? She's like, daddy, when am I going to get baptized? I'm like, sweetie, you don't need to be baptized. Right. Like, you're fine. It's you're socially good. acceptable. She's like, but all my friends are getting baptized. I'm like, but why do you want to? Yeah. And she's like, and she said, it's the April, same reason why you want you know, to have, to you know, in. a certain like, uh, backpack. No I mean, it's literally no the way. same thing. All my friends have a pink backpack with sparkles. I want to get baptized too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I want to have a party. I want to wear a beautiful dress exactly. and be like uh, shrouded in love and pictures and grandmas fly in right. from out of town. And I want to have this. I want to show, you know, that I am. And it's just so insane because it hijacks the child's yeah. self-worth and puts it right into the organization. And everything flows into that. And then your self-worth yeah. is dependent on this fucking organization and all their little checkpoints. But For us, it was is, like starting Scientology that, services. I started I just, literally when I was eight years old. That's the first time I did a course um, for my eighth birthday. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, oh, I could get into... Oh, the, the, it's just insidious. And there's Mormon doctrines that go into like kids are innocent before they're eight. And there was this massacre of, of, they're not uh, innocent after eight. Trekking through Mormon <laughs> territory. And they, they, and they were not innocent after eight. And so they wanted to kill them because they thought that they were going to kill, they were going to invade Mormon country because. I it's so deep but anyway Crazy. I'll tell you the full story later and I can send you a link to a movie that was made about it but they they killed the nine year old kids eight years and younger 
and raised them and raised them. Yes. And they killed the nine-year-olds and up. Yeah. And then they raised the children themselves and they're polygamous, nasty ass. (laughs) Anyway. So fuck dude. I'm so, so upset about this stuff. But anyway, so if we can just find the compromise, I think you don't get to abuse. Okay. Well, you guys can have your beliefs, but you can't have your, you can't have the kids. You can't have kids. I mean, you can have. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think the app kicked, kicked us off at an hour. It's like, okay, you're done. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. Excuse we're me. We're still talking. But, but we can, uh, we can wrap things up, I guess. But I, I mean, I would love to have you back on the show again, obviously. It would just be, I think we just barely scratched like the oh, surface. But I we can talk we circles. Really... Yeah, and I love it. You know, have a little hoedown <laughs> here and it's like, do do here we go, you know. But I think we I should think... do also a video podcast where you dance. Like, I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> Some sort of dancing, dancingformermormon.com. Okay. I don't know. This but... is... <laughs> okay, so Latter-day Disillusionment Instagram. I'm going to uh-huh. get in my, my – I'm going to find an, uh, a traditional Swedish 1600s mm-hmm. outfit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going yes. to do <gasps> Interpretive dance. dance? Interpretive dance. Oh my God, please. (laughs) (laughs) I am waiting with bated breath. (laughs) You just gave gave me the the commission to do that. Okay, boom. Oh my God. I'm in. Oh, that's so fun. Oh my God. Oh, I'm trying to find a good way to wrap this all up. But I think think with... uh, with what you said about kids, I think that's the big compromise. And, and just to let people know that, you know, children will not be abused You anymore. get to have kids. You don't get to abuse kids. Just like in every part of our culture. Like, you're not allowed to hit your kid. Like, you can't, like, you know, lock them in a basement. Like, you can't do those things. And mentally, we can't be abusing them either. And, and emotionally and psychologically. All of that's right. abuse. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of the stresses of having a religious floor fallout for me has been I was not ready to have kids, but I was told You have to have babies. I that's, would be ready. Right. If I if everyone I has it, babies it early. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Young. exactly. And so it's just kind of like this all these promises. Right. That you're gonna have this extra help. You're going to be powerful because God's going to give you. You're like, no one told me about the costs involved and the time. <laughs> I, oh, extra help because I feel like even, I'm just yeah. like putting out more energy and, and money than I know how to. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, I don't and have the resources. Like, where, 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 where did it come in that I'm making all this food and, and breaking up all these fights and trying to be this kind of person when I, when I have to make a living. When I'm losing I, it. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife is like, when did I get assigned to the house? You know, I want to have a job. I want to sing and act and dance. And yeah. it's like, you don't get those things because God obviously doesn't want you to have those things. He wants you to have kids. Yeah. And, and so it gets insidious. They put, you know, restrictions on sexual, um, what is it? Uh, reproductive surgery. So you, you can't. Oh, have you can't have vasectomies. You can't have vasectomies. They, 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 they say we don't say you can't, but we strongly discourage it. You're like, okay, that means don't no. Fuck. That's the same thing right. as saying no. But you're legally, you know, 
releasing yourself from liability here. You little right. sneaky bastards. So anyway. Well, they, it's, yeah. And Scientology, I feel like missed the boat on that one because we were not, we were not uh, sort of encouraged to breed and particularly not in the C organization because there was so much abuse going on. And like the way that kids were raised was very neglectful. They ended up saying C org members cannot have children, I think be- no. because they were worried about the repercussions of the government looking into, you know, the way they were raising kids and kids were basically raising themselves um, on a ranch by themselves. So it's just like a big, (laughs) it's like a big uh, orphanage without. Essentially that's, that's yeah. And I have a lot of friends who were raised that way and, you know, have left, you know, since, and um, it was awful for those kids. Um, And they were just left with like very little life skills and education and stuff. But anyway, they, oh at at, well, at the I mean, very least, the church recognized, like, we can't keep doing this. And they kind of shut it down and were like, no more kids for, for seeing members. But then, so on the flip side, they tend to encourage abortion. Okay. So you're in the sea or you get pregnant. Instead of leaving and having the baby, because you're not allowed to have a child in the, in the sea organization, you yeah. just get that's rid of the same. baby. And a lot of, yeah, and that's, that's a, a lot of people up. I know who have left feel awful because either A, they did abort a child and now maybe they can't have one or they struggle to have one or they're just dealing with the mental fallout from having done that. Or, yeah. you know, a, a number of men I know have been a party to convincing their wives to have an abortion. And there's a lot of guilt once you recognize what you've done there. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it's 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 i mean everything every cult has its own you know, its special blend yeah. of of fucked <laughs> shit but then also nice things that they've kind of like yeah saved their asses with which is you know whatever the and people so, to me are the best part of the like i miss so many I mean, lovely that's people just it yes you don't you're like oh wow like and and even when you're considering leaving there's that part of you that's like but there's all these people who care so much about humanity yeah. and the environment yeah. and, you know, want to help. They're just helpers at every turn. And they really, a lot of them get involved um, with the organization because they think it's a good thing. They're like, oh, I see all these positive things that are coming out of that. Right. And, and it's and, and in a world, in a world that is so dark and so depressing when it's like, dude, I think religions are the people that are telling everyone the world is terrible. Okay. Because the world is not terrible. Yeah. And I live in a country full of atheists. Hmm. And let me tell you, this is peaceful and it's nice. And they focus on each other and people's kids feelings. Yeah. And, and, and you wouldn't believe the education yeah. system here. And we'll, we'll go. And I'm so, I have to say, like, I watch like the life of friends and family that are involved and some of them have nice things, but most of them, do not. Um, and a lot of them spend much money and time at this organization and are, I feel like unfortunately missing out on life. And I get to be in a life that is more than I ever imagined. Mm. Well, I think, I think I would love to cover more about how you've navigated that next time. I wanted to touch down a little bit, but I mean, we're so far over time, but it's been like transformative April. I mean, always a good, always a good time chatting. (laughs) Oh yeah. Seriously. And, and that, that dance, traditional Swedish outfit dance is Mm. coming. I just need to track down. I'm already visualizing it in my mind. 
I want to yes. know what song it's going to be too. I'm just oh, can it be very, Lizzo? Can it be Lizzo? Very traditional. <laughs> it will be very traditional Swedish. Can you wear and just the will, traditional Swedish song and then you know and then woke up feeling Lizzo. like I just might run for president. <laughs> <laughs> just comes popping into the while you're in tights. Right. Come on. So I'll, I'll, I will definitely work something into that. That will be so awesome. Perfect. Um, but let's, let's regroup. Okay. Let's figure out another day where we can talk because I want to. Give my love to give Lindsay. The... Oh, I will. Please. I will. Absolutely. I said, Lindsay, do you want to come? And she's like, Johnny, this is your thing, man. Just let it be your thing. And I was like, thanks, man. But like, she's always welcome whenever she wants to. She's, so I guess... One of you has got to hang with your kids too, probably. Well, no, she's just, she's just, you know, chilling. she's just chilling, playing some, some Zelda Breath of the Wild, you know, <laughs> because she's like feeling like the grind, you know. Well, give so her my love. I love seeing her music stuff she's been doing. I know she seems like she's adapting and learning and happy. It's great. Yeah, she's actually learning Swedish like faster than I'd ever thought. And uh, it's cool. Having no exposure to it. I think this, she's just doing awesome. But um, and next time when you're on, we're gonna. I want to give you the floor again on how uh, things. Yeah, just like just what you feel is helpful and and uh, to give people out there listening, you know, another perspective on um, recovery, their sanity, recovery, yes. the aftermath. Yes. <laughs> Until yeah. next time, we will we will uh, reconvene. Ugh. Man, and I and I just can't. I wish it was n- tomorrow, but we'll figure <laughs> out another time as soon as possible. But uh, again, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and you've been listening to April Snowcast. You can find her on Instagram if you want to connect with her. April, how do people find you? At April Snowcast, I'm really easy, and it's cast with a K, K A S S. Okay, so there you have it, April Snowcast with a K. Instagram and uh, she's just one of the best absolute best people on the planet and I can't tell you how grateful I am and thrilled that we've been able to have this uh, episode so I'm looking forward to the next one already I will talk to you soon okay take care (laughs) bye okay